0: Everyone, I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Pauley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast we are on episode 97 and this week's question is what are the benefits of participating in writing contests before we begin don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show and if you enjoy our episode please do give it a like write a review and share it with friends
1: now without further ado please help us welcome author Paula Sheridan to the show Paula thanks so much for joining us it's really great to have you on the podcast
2: Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here.
1: Would you like to tell us a little bit about your writing background, like how long you've been writing and when you started and things like that?
2: Absolutely, yes. Um, I probably had a dream, like I think many people do. I had a dream when I was about um, 18 or 20 that I was going to write books. And it took many, many years before I actually got to it, because as most of us do, we have to you know, life has to take over and we have to um, do horrible things like work in a job and other nice things like raise families and stuff. So yeah, you know, over over the years I was, I was sort of always writing as my son was growing up. And then about twelve or a bit more years ago, um Wiley produced my first, published my first book was a, a mainstream published um, I had two books published they were mostly about sort of websites and online marketing when at that stage online marketing was very new my first book was called pimp my site which was all about you know really promoting and marketing a site and SEO and and search engine optimization and after that I kind of started thinking well I've got a couple of non-fiction books out because then I had other books published also non-fiction books and I thought I've got a lot of non-fiction books out but it's been my dream since I was young to, you know, to to do fiction. So I started writing fiction and published some fiction books. And now I have uh, five or six uh, fiction books published. And this year, I'll be uh, publishing another two. So yeah, very interesting career from kind of doing online marketing now to be s- sort of a published author.
0: That's brilliant. I, I especially like the fact that you sort of like the online marketing, obviously learning all that has probably helped you as you moved on to doing fiction writing.
2: So absolutely. Yes. And and also it's uh, it's also helped with understanding how authors have to create themselves an author platform. And I think a lot of new authors, whether they self-published authors, indie authors, or if they um, mainstream traditionally published, a lot of authors don't realise that a, it's a big job to create a sort of a platform, what they call a platform or a following. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time. And it also is something that you have to keep on it constantly, especially because if you want people to new readers to be finding you and to be finding your books. You need to be constantly doing online marketing, book promotions, lots of it's, it's a big mix. It's really just not a lot of authors say to me, what should I do thinking that I'm going to give them one answer? you know, just do this one thing and you can just do one thing, but you do need to do lots of little things. It's almost like a little toolbox and you kind of have to just dig into that little toolbox Every day or every other day, and say right today I'm going to do a little bit of this, or I'm going to do a bit of that, or next week I'll plan to do something else. So you kind of have to keep that going all the time in order for people to be able to find your books um, and to read your books. Otherwise, what's the point of writing if no one's ever going to find your books and read them? So you, you've got to always be building readers. So it is interesting, but you know it's it's my background, so I kind of know, as they say, like the back of your hand. So it just comes naturally to me. So uh, luckily for that.
1: Yeah, I like how you started doing that, and then you just ran with it, and you were like, "Let me utilize what I know and try it in a different way." And I think that's something that a lot of writers don't necessarily understand: is that writing is a lot more than writing. And I think yeah. writing probably takes up the least amount of time if you think about it. Yeah, and-
2: it, it's you, you're right. It's uh, it, it's. I think a lot of authors don't realize that they have to think of themselves as. It's it's like a business, it's it's like a career. It's uh you you don't just write a book and say, right, there's my book, it's with a publisher or I'm publishing it or whatever you're doing. Now I can sit back and let's see what happens. And and you know, a lot of people do that and then they just kind of, well, oh hang on, what's happening? There's nothing happening and uh, I'll give it to a few of my friends and a few of my bits of my family and see what happens. And then nothing happens. And you kind of it's it's almost like that sort of deflating of the balloon and you're thinking, well, what do I do now? And then they scrambling, you know, to to try and sort of do something and get their get their books noticed. And you know, it, it does, it does happen that way. And uh, you know, I think the more authors and especially writers, new writers coming to, you know, to the gate, to the world of of uh publishing a book, they should really get their mindset from the day they start writing, they should get the mindset in what do I do? How do I do this? Where do I go about doing this? And that's why I've got um, I've got some books I can give you. I can give you the link. It's, um, it's like an exclusive download, which is a book about book marketing, everything you have to do from before, uh, before, during and after you launch the book. So these things that you have to do before you, long before you launch the books, so these things, that you have to do while you look, you know, while you're going through the final stage, the editing and the covers, and and, and getting your book published, and then of course after your book launcher, so I'm happy to give it to your um, to your listeners and see if any of them, you know, will will want to download it. It's um, you know, it's just lots of advice and stuff like that that I've learned during, you know, during my my time of adapting my own sort of marketing and PR and promotional experience into. Doing the same thing for promoting books, and because of that, I started up a business called Book Lover which is really just a a, a vehicle for authors to be able to promote their books. And you know, and we have a regular newsletter and it goes out to eighty thousand. And it's just I've built this this huge big mailing mailing list, sort of reader subscriber list, more. And I, I just are constantly just showing uh, all my readers all these new books so that it's not only about me and what books you know I've got coming out. Because I can't write books that quick that they want new stuff all the time. So yeah, uh, it's uh, I think they they really writers must get their mindset ready, they must get themselves geared up and prepared for, you know, a long, a long-term career if uh, if they want to be writing. I mean, if they've only got one book in them and it's a quick non-fiction book, that's a different story. But if they really want to be sticking around and, and doing this, um, they you know, they've got to stop thinking like a, a business person.
0: Yeah, I mean we we've, we've come across quite a few writers, people who think that if you traditionally publish, you don't have to do any marketing, that posting yeah. on Twitter only is enough. Right. Yeah. You, know, you don't need a yeah. website, you don't and I mean we, we we're always going on and on about how an author should have a website as a, like a, a hub for all their things and then have platforms yes. beyond that and we still meet so many people even published authors unpublished authors who don't have a website and still don't believe that they really need one just yet and yeah you know don't market straight. they wait till the book is ready and then start marketing and as you said it's like you, you need to be doing stuff you need to think about it, you know, as the idea for the story comes up, just like, where are you going to go? And then almost run your marketing and your writing at the same time, just to kind of get that interest. But yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's really what you have to actually do. You really have to make sure that, that you have to be doing it all along. And as you say, they go hand in hand, writing and the marketing go hand in hand. And you've got to be the two hands have to be kind of be working together all the time. And you have to be you know if you're doing anything in fact um i'm doing a um a, a new a new venture this year i'm co um, i'm co-writing or i'm co i'm working on a co-author collaboration and i was just talking to the other author that i'm working with and uh i was just saying we were looking at uh, it's a historical fiction and we were looking at paris in the 1930s and 1935s and looking at some lovely images of paris and, and the way people dressed and i was just thinking to myself at the same at the very moment i was thinking These are ideal images for marketing the book. And I was saying this to her and saying, we've got to to keep these images and keep references of these images because we could be blogging about them and sharing these images, just simple things. And this is what writers should be doing. Every time they find a a really good uh, image any visual reference that they can give to their book. They can say, I res- when I was researching Paris in the 1930s, I found this, and this is what pa- Paris Street looked like, or this is what people were dressing like, or anything like that. And then and then you say, you refer back to the name of the book. So even little things like that you know, are just so good, because you could share that, and you could share it as a blog, you could share it with writing groups, you could share it on social, but all of that kind of thing. You, you just kind of have to always be thinking along those lines. So uh, yeah, it's a, that's, that's kind of the fun part of marketing. Some parts are a bit of a grind, but that's the fun part where you're kind of able to share and to, to, to do nice fun things.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think most people they see marketing as a horrible thing. I think we all do a little bit, but there are some fun parts to it, definitely. And and yeah. we would love to have that um, resource if you're if you're happy for us to have that, so we can put that in the link, and any of our listeners can can download that. That would be really helpful. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we'll probably move on to the actual cool. topic because that's been great. We'll probably have to have you on again to talk about marketing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can could, I could always I can come back and share what it's like to co-author because this is the first time I'm doing it, and it's very interesting. And I can come back and share. What, what my experience has been and how it's been. So yeah, it's uh, I'll come back and tell you about that one day.
0: <laughs> nice one.
2: Okay, well, we'll go back to
0: the main topic, which is writing contests. Why do you think people should enter writing contests? What is the overall benefit to enter a writing contest? I
2: think there's quite a lot of benefits. Probably the most important benefit, if it depends as well, because writing contests can be writing contests and they can be book awards. So from just a writing contest point of view, from unpublished writing, and if it's an unpublished writer, there's a lot of benefits. But probably the biggest benefit would be that they could find a publisher they could find a literary agent. The writing obviously would get a lot of exposure, especially if the writing um, the writing award allows them to get feedback, which is what Paige Turner Awards the site Iron if they allow that, then those, you know, those writers would be able to get feedback. Because what we do is we we say to them, if you want to get feedback, if they don't, because because a lot of writers are a bit scared to do that and they're scared of kind of what feedback they'll get, so they don't do it. And that's fine. And we have we have this privacy thing where they can tick to say they don't want anybody to see it and that's perfectly fine. But for the ones who are kind of brave enough and, and really want to put themselves out there, they can get some really good exposure and they get feedback. Because then a lot of people say, oh, I, I thought this and, you know, I thought that, and they can get, you know, that kind of feedback. Um, what we also do on Page Turner Awards, we also offer, obviously, as extras, they don't have to do this, but we also offer that we can have our editor to give them feedback, professional feedback, and also to do uh, like a development edit. But the biggest thing is if, if you know, if somebody could potentially win an award, and they put in their writing out, to publishers and to literary agents, they could be saying, you know, I was a finalist at so-and-so awards or I was a shortlist or a longlist. And that is very big and, and quite important. And in fact, just before I came onto your podcast, I got an email from a publisher who's saying that this is exactly what happened is his uh, a guy called Stephen Mitchell who, who entered last year's submission called Moss. And I remember reading it and, and enjoyed it. And he he the publisher just said to me he this uh, he's he just wanted to tell me that he's delighted that this guy had presented the work to him saying that he was shortlisted longlisted actually um, finalist and then longlist and they looked at his book because he he had that credential he, he obviously had a little bit of a you know he jumped the queue the the long horrible queue he jumped the queue and he said because he had this longlist he was longlisted. They read his book, loved it, and his book's going to be published this year. So that's a, that's a huge, big thing for a writer. It obviously isn't always going to happen. And, you know, that kind of thing is really the cherry on the top. But then also you could win a writing mentor. And if the writing competition's got some really good prizes – which is something like what we do on page turn awards. we've got a I think our prize fund is in the range of about 35,000 now and that's that's sort of book coaching, uh, book covers, manuscript evaluations, all sorts of things, editing chapters and stuff. but also the big thing as well on our awards is they could they could they could win a mentor and to get to win a writing mentor is fantastic because they could they could you know the writing mentor could then, take them into you know show them how to improve their work whether it's plots or structural or characters that writing mentor would work with them over a period of time um, and get their you know get their book to be so much better so that when they do approach a, a literary agent or a publisher they've uh, they've they've been mentored and they, again they could mention that as well that they won that mentorship so there's a lot of you know those are kind of the main benefits and then of course there's other things like just the motivation of doing it and the feeling of you know, that you've actually sort of taken that big step and you've put yourself out there and put your writing out there. Because, you know, all, all of us writers, are, we always write alone, except this new experience I was saying a minute ago when you write with a co-author. You're always writing alone and you're kind of always in your little writing cave or hub or whatever they call it. And you you don't really get the chance to get out there and get you know, somebody looking at your work and, and having your work judged. And I think a lot of writers are scared of it, but the ones who aren't scared of it and enter competitions, I think it's very, very good for them. And we have so many of our writers on Page Turn Awards that actually say that they really feel like there's a very big community feel, that they they feel like they're part of a community. Because we really want to show writers that there's no losers. There's, there's always winners but there's also no losers and everybody is win something of some sort, even if they don't actually get to the finalist, they're not a loser. They are still, they've, they've, they've put themselves out there. They've put their writing out there. They've had the writing judge. They've got feedback, but you know, that, that kind of thing is so important because they're getting motivation. And sometimes that could even just motivate somebody to write. I mean, they might just say, Oh, I wasn't really writing much before, but now I'm really writing because I want to enter. I want to enter this award or that award. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of benefits. Um, a lot of benefits for entering awards.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the way you just described all of that, it made me realize just how many benefits there actually are to entering writing contests. And what you said about the author who got a publishing deal because they were long-listed, it made me realize that writing contests allow credibility for writers? Because as you said, you can say that this book won this award or it was shortlisted or longlisted. Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, I have a quick follow-up question. How can you tell that a writing contest is credible?
2: I think the most important thing is to look around the site, have a really good look around the site. If they offer testimonials, which, you know, is a good thing because then you're actually hearing it from people who've entered the competition and we do that and I especially made sure we when we first started the awards in in 2020 wasn't yeah 2020 early 2020 I hadn't thought of it then and we were letting people enter and then I started thinking they were coming back to me and saying oh it's so wonderful that you include us and it's you know it's so inclusive you you do so much for us all your emails are so motivational and all this kind of thing and I thought I should be putting these wonderful comments that I'm getting, I should be having these as testimonials. So then we created a testimonial area on the site and we asked them to please, if you, you know, what, if you have any comments about what we do, please add it to our testimonial area. And and now we're very, very proud. We've got all 70 or 80, something very, very good testimonials. So going back to your question, I think if you look around, if you see testimonials on the site, that would be a very good way of seeing because hopefully most testimonials should be from the person themselves, the writers themselves, not from the the awards. Then of course you could also look on social media. That's a, you know, that's a big way of telling. You can ask in writing groups and find out, you know, have you heard about this particular award? You know, what do you know about them? And, you know, just generally Googling, you know, seeing what kind of, um, you know, what other people have experienced when they've entered a particular award. And if there is, if there's anything you know a bit suspicious, you could always write to the company and say, "Look, I was I was very interested in in entering your competition, but I found this information on the website or you know um, on Google somewhere or on social. I'm a bit concerned about this particular aspect. Can you clarify or can you explain what this is about? And if that." award comes back and says yes I can I'll tell you this that and the other and and they're very open about it then you 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 should be you should be onto something good because it should be a good awards because it's very very important that book awards are transparent and they show everything and they're open about everything because, I mean, when when I first started getting my books out there, I started looking for competitions and entering competitions. And this is one of the main reasons why I started uh, Page Turner Awards, because I found that there were so many competitions. I would enter them, pay my big fat check of money, and I'd never hear from them again. That was it. Never hear from them again. And then I was sort of thinking, you know, (laughs) is this really, is there really this competition or is this Almost like you know, a, a, a wall, a front-facing wall that says this wonderful wall that has got a lovely, you know, beautiful painting on it that says, open the awards, come and pay us some money. And 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 then behind the awards, there was nothing. Behind the wall, I mean, there was nothing. And you always kind of got that feeling with a lot of these awards is that you paid your money, you'd never heard from them again, you never got an email to say anything, you never heard. Who the winners were, you never had any regu- regular communication, and you might actually get something like six months or a year later saying, "Sorry, you you didn't, you know, you didn't win, but whatever." And so I think your your question is very is really very valid. There's got to be a lot of transparency. There's got to, it's got to be very open. They've got to be, you know, the awards have to be telling the public on their site on their social. This is what's happening. This is our winners. This is a, you know, this is this is whatever, whatever news they've got, they've got to be doing that. And and we do we do that on a regular basis. In you know whoever's registered, even if they've registered to hear about the awards but not entering, we always you know communicating with them, giving them little bits of news and telling them about stuff. So it's it's actually a very very important
1: question there that you had. That's an excellent point. I never really thought to reach out to the contest themselves or the people who run it themselves and ask them point blank can you clarify this what's going on what's the deal here yeah yeah because i mean you that's like with with everything i mean everything's on the internet these days so you really need to be care like people have gotten careless over the years because everything's on the internet so you don't dig as deep as you would like i grew up in the 90s when the internet first became a thing so for me like on the tv all the commercials and stuff it would be like ask your parents permission before you do this And now people just willy nilly join websites, they create these accounts, they just put their PayPal information in and they just pay whatever they need to pay. Because I haven't entered a writing contest in a really long time, but I used to frequently years ago. And most of the time I would try to find contests that didn't have a fee because on the one hand, you can look at it that if they're not asking you for money, then they must be legit because they're not trying to get anything out of you. But then yep. on the other hand, if you pay a fee and like the prize money was big or like the actual like tangible prize was decent, then it's like, oh, well, they must be credible because if they have all of this stuff, then they must be good. Right. But that's not the way to go about yeah. it at all.
2: And also you can also another very good way, which I hadn't mentioned, is, is to look at their site and see. Um, who's judging? And that's one of the things that really bugged me about a lot of this, a lot of the awards is that, and, and big names, I'm not going to mention big names, but big name awards. And, you know, they don't mean, they don't say who their judges are. They don't say how these awards how's my book going to be judged who's going to read my book you know who is going to be reading it who's going to be judging it how do they judge you know what's going on is there anybody out there apart from you know somebody who's going to take my money and run with it kind of thing so that's important as well as if you you know if you again going back to what I was saying the openness the transparency and we very open and transparent about it we actually in fact we're very proud about our judges and we show off our judges I mean we we, we celebrity endorse We have on our screenplay award, we have um, the very famous Paul Michael Glazer, who is from Starsky and Hutch. And at our award ceremony last year, he I mean, he just gave us the biggest compliment ever. He said, you know, we said, thank you so much for coming along. And it was like such a huge honor for us to have him being one of the people who announced the prizes. And he just immediately said to us, you know, after listening to people talking and stuff, he just said at the end, he said, thank you so much for involving me. He said, I'm so honoured to be here amongst all these fantastic writers. That was huge for all of the people who were there and who had won prizes and, who, you know, who had got to the finalists. But for us, it was massive because here you have somebody like, you know, celebrity who is endorsing your awards and, and showing how are they so impressed and and, um, honored in in his case to be involved. So, yeah. So, you know, another thing is to look at the the awards website and see, you know, what's the transparency about the judges, who the judges are. And and what you said a minute ago, you hadn't thought of, of asking if there is nobody, I mean, if there is nothing out there, nobody that looks apparent that they're going to be judging, there's no harm in a writer writing to that, to that awards and saying, look, I don't know what your judging process is. There's, there's nothing on your website. I can't see it. Who's judging? You know, how many people are judging? What happens to my book when it gets judged? And uh, there's no harm in doing that because you, if you're going to be paying money, look, even if you are going to be paying money and if you're not, you're giving your work, you're putting work, your, your very important work into somebody else's hands. And you need to know that, that that work is, you know, it's not going to be copied or anything like that. So you need to know that 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 whole setup is completely legit. And another thing as well I forgot to mention, I'm just suddenly remembering all these things, but going back to what you said about, you know, making sure that the award is, is a good award is... Also, looking at their success stories and looking at, and we again, we're very proud of our success stories. We we really boast about the fact that some of our writers have got publishing deals, they've got audiobook deals, they've got they've been awarded literary agent, one of the screenwriter last year has now got a, an, an LA literary manager managing him. So all of these kind of things, we're very proud of that. So we put that up and we really make a big thing about it. So. If there is, if any sites don't have that, why don't they have it? And then that's when the writer should be saying, well, hold on a minute. Mm, I, should, I should investigate this one a bit before, before I hand my work in or before I give them my money. I should investigate. Why are they not shouting about these success stories? Because if they are, you know, a legit organization, they should have these success stories up on the site. And that's complete validation to show that they're, you know, they're the real deal.
1: Those are all excellent, valid points. Um, because as, as you said, you need to make sure that your work isn't being copied and stuff. You need to make sure that your work in yourself is safe when you're reaching yeah. out to these people and you're entering these contests and stuff. So with all of that said, what do you recommend writers do before entering the writing contest?
2: Well, there's, there's quite a lot of things that the most important, the first thing is we, what we've just been discussing is that they do a lot of research, find out that the awards is good and proper. So let's just let's just say that they've got to that stage, they've done all their research, they know that this particular uh, writing award that they're going to enter is a really good one. So now what they need to do is prepare. And preparing is is really making sure that they their submission, whatever it is, on page two in awards, we we only allow the first 10 pages because the judges can see. From the first ten pages, if they're going to be interested in reading the rest of the story, so your first, your first ten pages, your first twenty pages, whatever it is, has to hook the judges. You know, obviously, you don't know who the judges are in some cases, but on the sites like ours that shows the judges, you have to make sure that you hook the judges with the content, with the characters. Make sure that it's just really the minute they start reading those first few lines. You know, your first sentence they will want to read the next and the next and the next until they get to the stage where, oh my God, I love this so much. I can't put it down. I need, I need to take this further. I need to get hold of this writer. And that's when they would then, contact me and say, me, Paula, I have to get hold of this right. And we've had that, and it's so exciting for us when, when the judges do that, because the judging is over the summer. And when they do that, we kind of sitting in the background, waiting, waiting to see what's gonna happen. And then when a the judge does that, we just get so excited and we jump up and down because we know that that person has hooked the judges. So they gotta do that. They've gotta make sure that they, they really cut out anything that is gonna be, uh, when I say boring, it really has to be that, that it can't be boring. It can't be droning on too much description, too much of this plotting, plotting, plotting. It really has to be fast-paced. Really get in there and make sure that you, you, you know, you you have exactly what what the judges want to read. And then, if you are able to, like on our site, and and I'm quite sure there must be others out there that you can look at what the judges want, what we do. And this is this is another thing that I made sure we when we set up the awards, we ask our judges, we not only just give them the bio, but we say to them, what are you looking for in the submissions? And so our writers, um, our judges would say, for example, I'm looking for, you know, distinctive voice, or I'm looking for diversity, or if I'm looking for compelling characters, I'm looking for a fast paced plotter. I want to just jump in there and whiz across, and I just want to read, read, read. So all of them are asking for, for, for very particular things obviously most of them are looking for good writing and so we always say to our writers go along have a look at the judges see what they what they um looking for and if you're after a particular publisher or literary agent on our judging panel then look at what they're looking for and then make sure that your submission is up to that and your opening chapters that, that you know they must be able to grab that that um that judge and then the most obvious things which a lot of writers just don't even think of is making sure you've got grammar and you've got prose you know making sure that you there is just no typos and we um we're very very uh, proud and lucky that we have pro writing aid um, as our sponsor and they offer a, they offer a free trial which again I'm very happy to to give you as a link they they offer it exclusively for you know for everybody who enters our awards and we we openly showcase that and openly feature that so I'm happy to give you that but what they do is because they do this we we say to all of our writers we really really recommend that they go and put their chapters into something like pro-writing aid and then they can have a look and see because they mustn't really rely on like Microsoft Office or or, or what, whatever software they're using. You know, a, a very good editor like ProWritingAid will show them, you know, if they've got too many adverbs, if they've got passive uh, description, you know, passive sentences. And there's so much that, you know, a, a piece of software like that can do for them. So, and it doesn't take long. They just got to put the their words into there and have a look. The, the software will come back and say, give you these suggestions. Once they've done that, then they are, you know, they really are well armed to, you know, to go out and let the judges, you know, let the judges take a look at their work. So, yeah, I'd say most important would be to hook the judge with an opening character, opening chapter, hook the judge with a very, very good, strong character from, from first sentence. The character must really carry that Um, that judge right through, and then, of course, making sure that they don't have any typos and grammar errors, which is is just, I think it just shows inexperience. It shows that they're a new writer. It shows that that they're not really serious about their writing career if you want to enter a writing award and have loads of typos and and grammar mistakes. So that's kind of the most important thing I'd say they need to do before entering a, a writing contest.
0: So it, it's almost like it mirrors if you were going to do traditional publishing where they say, you know, you should make sure you have, because obviously you we'll usually send a certain number of sample chapters. And it's like, you know, make sure it's strong, make sure it's got a hook and also check with the publishing house what the guidelines are. Because I know, that, again, we still get these writers who... You know, they'll they'll send things out without checking, and each each publishing house is different. And I'm assuming like each writing contest will be different. So making taking the time to look into them and seeing what the guidelines are and what information you need to send and give you the best chance
2: of getting through and exactly. hopefully winning. So exactly. And and you can't believe how many people don't do that. The amount of Absolutely amount of writers who don't don't read up anything about the guidelines, anything about the rules, and they just fire off questions to you. Can I do this? And then another email, can I do that? And and we always say to them, if they're looking for something particular, if they're really wanting a particular judge, obviously all of our judges will, will you know, read their work, but if they're really wanting to get for historical fiction, for example, or fantasy, or or if they have a very distinct voice in their character, they really should. Have a look at what the judges want, but you, you're completely right in saying they should read the guidelines of, of the, you know, of the awards. Because some people come to us and say, "Well, I've entered, but I, I've just found out that I can only enter 10 pages. I want to enter my whole manuscript." And we say that if the judges and we have this so often during the award, during the judging period, the judge will ask to see the whole manuscript if they like the first ten pages, and that's very important. And even with our screenwriting side, we, you know, the the the, the producers, because it's mostly producers or literary managers, and and they they would immediately say to me, "I want to see the submission or want to see that one." And that's what happened last year with with Johnny King, who had written a a very funny TV series and Sean who's um, an an agent in, in LA from entertainment LA he read this and he said I've just read this and I have to I have to see the whole thing so that kind of thing is what judges will be asking us during the judging period so if somebody enters an awards and they haven't read the guidelines that's a typical example they don't know that you know maybe that particular awards only takes certain a certain number of pages in in our case 10 pages. And people often say to us, why do you only take 10 pages? And they don't understand that um, any judge would, not even from 10 pages, 10 pages can be a lot for a judge to, you know, to read. And then at the end of that 10 pages say, no, I don't like, they would know within the first page, within the first two or three pages, they would know if they want to publish that, or, or in the case of a literary agent, if they want to represent that writer, or in the case of a script, whether they want to produce that work. So very, very quickly, these judges can find out and can tell if they want to pursue this, if they want to see more. It shows a lack of professionalism if like a contest
0: or a publishing house or an agent has very specific requirements from an author or a writer saying we need you to do this, this, this and this. And for those people to just kind of blase right across that and be like, no, I don't want to do that or I'm not even going to take the time to read it. I don't know, for myself, I always find that quite unprofessional. The yeah. idea of yeah. doing that. I mean, even even like when I used to do guest posts on my blog, and I had a whole system, and I had a, a chart that people had to like fill in and say like, you know, what top what topic they were going to do, and it had lists of guidelines of what I would accept, what I would not accept, and the amount of people who came on who obviously read nothing of that and then sent me like. Yeah. 50,000 words and it's like needs to be a thousand you know and this is not even close to the sort of topic I accept and then it's like well it takes up your time and you're less likely to to accept them back even if they come back later with the correct information because it's like well you didn't read it the first time and why should I put you in front of people who did read it and took the time to be professional and treat it like a business like you said professionally going through and saying, right, I'll read the information. I will send exactly what is required. I will not argue
2: with what I've been told. I will do as the guidelines state. Exactly, and it, you're right. We have that as well. We have people saying, "Well, I don't want to enter ten pages. I want to enter my whole manuscript." Well, here it is. the The other thing as well is that we have is it's all done online because the, our judging is done online. Everything is done online. So we have some people saying, "Well, I don't want to enter it online." And here, here it is. I'm emailing you my manuscript. And then exactly what you're saying, people don't read. And we've now made it so clear. We've over the last couple of years, we've really tried to evolve the process so that people can see it is an online contest. Your your work is not exposed. If you don't want it to be exposed, it's not. We have, you know, we have this privacy thing where if you choose when you're submitting, if you choose that you only want the judges to read it, nobody can see that work, only the judges. And, and then the judges, they log in to our site and they, because they log in as a judge, they can see your work and nobody else can see it. And then the judges do it online. So we made the process easier because of course if these judges are doing this, you have to make it easy for them. You don't want to give them reams and reams of work and days and days of stuff that you have to try and make it as, as easy as possible, especially so that they can go from story to story to story and very quickly spot the good ones, very quickly, you know, say, right, Paula, I want to, I need to get in touch with this, this writer or give me more about this writer or I want to see the whole manuscript. So to make it easy for them, we have a very easy system for them to judge they go online they they judge by stars across the top of the page that is then all tallied up in our in the sort of admin of our of our site and it's all tallied up and it's, it's sort of on a daily basis it kind of uh it gives us this little rolling tally so every day and it's so exciting because from the beginning we start seeing who's rising up and we'll go and look at those entries and go and see you know we say oh of course this is great because look at this and then sometimes you know writers other writers will come in and take over because as the judging process is going along or the judges are obviously going through all of the submissions and things change on a daily basis but yeah that's exactly it some people don't are not professional they don't read all the information and then they expect people to change things and of course you, you exactly as you've just said to people who give you too many words on your blog well, we just say the same thing. I'm sorry, but this is the way it's set up and it's set up to make it easy for our judges. And if you don't want to enter perfectly fine, you don't have to enter. But yeah, it's, it's quite funny when you get that and you, you sort of, you have people who, who almost demand that you do things their way.
1: <laughs> the amount of people that I have had emailed me about wanting to write about plants on my blog is absolutely crazy. And I'm like, I'm sure it's a lovely article about plants, but that's not what my blog is about. You clearly have never been on the website before. But I mean, the other thing is, too, it's a lack of professionalism, as Ari said, but also these people don't realize that the judges, they have other things to do. Like they're not sitting around all day waiting for these manuscripts to come in and just to like yeah. sit there and binge all these different books. Exactly. They're not just looking at your book. They're looking at thousands of other books. And they, they don't have the time to sit there and read the entire manuscript. So I get it. And it's, it's kind of funny because you can kind of weed out certain writers who don't want to comply to the rules. And it's yeah. not necessarily about whether they're good writers or not. It's just whether... You're good on the business side of things.
2: Yeah, and I think you're very right in saying that uh, you kind of it kind of weeds it, it sort of weeds out the good from the bad, and and actually um, that's very important because a lot of our judges, if they do want to take that writer to the next stage, whether it's whether it's mentoring them or offering them a prize of some sort, or or wanting to take them to publisher a stage, a lot of them would then say um, they've they the first step would be read the 10 pages. I love it. The next stage is send me the manuscript. Okay. I've read the whole manuscript. I love it. The next stage after that is let me have an interview or let me, let me just have a sort of informal chat with the writer. And a lot of them have said that they have to do this because, you know, sometimes writing, you know, a submission can be so good. And then they stop to talk to this writer and they find that the writer is so awkward and so unprofessional and they they just realize that they can't work with this writer how are you going to try as a a literary agent or a publisher to try and publish this person when they when they're not they're not easy to work with Really, it's all about how easy you are to to, to work with. And because of that, you know, uh, the the judges do that. They they say to us, okay I'm I'm, I'm now at that stage where I'm convinced I love this. I love the writing. And I really want to now see if I'm going to love the author. Because it's not just about a lot of writers don't don't realize that it's not just about loving the writing. It's also about loving the author. And if they can love the author and work with the author, that is really the crunch point because then that literary agent or that publisher or the film producer, if that's the case, or mentor, they will immediately grab that that writer and, and sort of sign them up, so to speak, because they know everything ticks their boxes. It's got to be everything ticks their boxes.
0: I never really thought about it like that. But yeah, as you said, it's, like, it is, it's a working relationship. So it's not just about how great the book is it has to be a little bit about the author as well
2: yeah yeah absolutely yeah so yeah
0: that's uh, learning so many different things and like thinking differently because was like so many things you've mentioned where I thought oh, I never would have thought of that I never would have thought of that and it's like yeah actually
2: well it's actually amazing because when I created um the awards uh, you know I had entered a lot of the awards and I was saying some of this earlier is that you know, entering my my work into so many different awards. First of all, long before I was published, a long, long, long time before I was published, and then even when I had published work, then I was entering that into book awards. And when I started thinking about Page Turner Awards, in fact, I was inspired by I my first my first fiction book, uh, my first debut novel, um, The Grotter Secret, won the People's Book Prize. And I was there amongst all these wonderful people in this big fancy do that they had in London. And I had Sir Frederick Forsyth given me my award. And I just suddenly thought to myself, I want to capture this wonderful feeling, but I want to do more with it. And so I started thinking about what what could I do? And so I started thinking I wanted to have indie authors as well as mainstream authors being able to enter a competition because I found that that was just, other competitions, just uh, book award competitions, that just wasn't out there. It was either you're an you're an in indie book award or it was traditional, and so I kind of wanted to m- m- you know mix the two because I think that there's there's you know a very fair chance of the two of them coming together and competing. Obviously not competing, it sounds awful, but they they are in a way. But showing their writing to the judges in a fair way. And then I also started thinking about lots of these other things as what we were talking about earlier, the transparency, the openness, because I never had that with so many of the writing awards and the book awards I entered. And I just thought, I want to make it so if I have these awards, I want to make it so that everybody knows who these judges are and how the judging is happening. And, and you know, so that you can see that when, you, when, when you're going to enter this award, these are the people who are going to be looking at your work. And then also not just, that, but take it one step further and ask these judges, what in particular are you looking for when you're judging? So those are the kind of things that I was looking at when I set up uh, Page Turn Awards. And then of course, also making sure that I've always wanted to have, to really be very inclusive, not just from a diversity point of view and from writing, a writing award and a book award and screenwriting. I also wanted to be very sort of train when I say trendy I don't mean like trendy fashion I mean I wanted to make sure that whatever is new that comes out of what I'm creating and what we're creating our team we want to make sure that we we are open to new ideas and so last year we had all of the awards we got five different awards young writer screen screenplay award writing award writing mentorship and writing award and then we said well why don't we have subcategories inside those awards. And so this year, which is very exciting, we've got best book title, best series, best book series, the best book cover for the published work. And uh, we've got a full a book adaptation for authors who want to have their books adapted, then the audiobook. And then we've got something else, which is, which is really nice. And this came from Paul Michael Glazer, because He was actually saying that when he was at uh, at our award ceremony that a lot of um, the industry, as he was calling it, and this very professional industry. They, they frown on older writers. And so we're very proud this year to have something called The Golden Writer, who's unpublished, and The Golden Author, who is published. So we've got those two awards and they are for, for writers and authors over 60, 60 and over. And it, it's, a, it's a very good fit because last year we had The Young Writer, which we've got again this year, and The Young Writer is only for, they only writers who are 18 to 25 can enter that. So we've got The Young Writer and The Golden Writer, so, yeah, these are the kind of things that I I think it's my experience in entering awards. I kind of look at what other people are doing and I don't mean what they're doing wrong. I'm looking at what they're doing and what I have felt from from my own point of view, my own experience as a writer and entering competitions. I kind of thought, well, I don't like that. So I'm going to make sure that we do something different or we do it. You know, really, what I call right, and we do it this way. And um, so, yeah, I, I've been, I'm kind of always on that, and I think that helps to be, you know, to be a writer and an author who who runs something like a competition. A lot of a lot of awards out there probably wouldn't uh, have somebody um, who does that. And then, of course, if they don't have, they just run with with things how they think it should be run. Whereas if you're a writer and an author, you feel these things very deeply and very passionately. And if you do, then you can only make your rewards better, which we we really hope that we do. And I think a lot of our testimonials say that that we do. And we're always striving to, we are always asking, you know, our, our writers, give us ideas. We're very open to ideas. Oh, the other one we're doing this year is the best genre awards, because last year we had loads of people saying, When you do your judging, how are we going to know if if my book in a particular genre got anywhere? So This year, what we've said is, okay, we'll certainly take that advice. So we're going to say this year, we're going to have a whole lot of, sort of in the main genres, one person will win that particular genre. So yeah, that's another thing, um, which we're looking forward to seeing the results of that in the summer of this year.
0: That's actually really great. And I actually love the idea of like the golden author award, because... I actually know quite a few older authors who started either late or started very young, didn't get published until they were, like, in their 50s and things like that. Yeah. And I think there is definitely some form of, like, I can't think of the word. <laughs> you know, it, it is looked down upon if you're an older writer. It's like everyone's looking for the the new young up-and-comer rather than someone else who's maybe published a bit later on. And I think that's a bit sad. And I think it's lovely that you've uh, you've sort of created something within the awards that caters to that and kind of honours
2: that yeah absolutely and um and it's uh it's it's important you know what you were saying earlier because a lot of people actually do just look for ah oh, new writers young writers you know new blood but older authors um, and older writers can have new blood just because they're they're golden in age and mature in age doesn't mean to say they not they don't have the new blood maybe that new blood is is the writing and maybe it's it's come from many many years of wanting to write and suddenly being inspired and motivated for whatever reason and now they you know now they sort of at the stage of publishing and maybe it's uh, you know it's the life experience it could be a memoir there's there's so many really, really good authors out there. And we were very, very happy that Paul Michael Glazer actually suggested that to us. And I said to him, I'm gonna use that. And it was at the at the ceremony. I said, I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna do it. And afterwards I said to him, Is this okay? And he said, well, Of course. He said, That's why I suggested it. You gotta do it. It's brilliant. So yeah, we we're very happy to have that as um as as it's part of part of with its subcategories of the different awards. So we we can't wait to see who comes out of that because we actually had somebody either last year or the year before who said they were in the 80s and they said I'm in my 80s and I'm entering is that okay and we said of course it's okay and so yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that okay well I think we've covered quite a lot about the
0: page turn rewards but is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about them especially like maybe when they start this year and like time frames I know you did cover some of the different awards that are out there but anything else you'd like to tell our listeners because I'm sure there'll be a lot of writers who are listening to
2: this who might be thinking about entering a new contest yes yes so we so we're now open we open um each year we open in january we close at the end of may so the awards are open for submissions from january until the end of may and at any time during that time, so say, for example, you might enter now or this week, a lot of people think, well, they can't do anything about it afterwards. But that's also one of the unique things about Page Turner Awards. And a lot of people have said that's what they love about our awards is that we allow them to make any changes they want to between now and the closing date. If they, get, if they use one of our, our optional extras, like getting editorial feedback or development edits or anything like that, or critiques, they would then work on the, you know, rework their their writing, you know, put all of the suggestions that come from the professionals, put it all in, and they can, they can, you know, go back and edit their work and put it in again. So that's, that's a great thing for, for writers to be able to do. So they can do it any time up until the 31st of May, and then On the 1st of June, the judging starts and the judging goes through the summer. So the judging, you know, most of the judging will take place June, July. Then we'll announce finalist lists after that, a long list and then a short list. And we have our online ceremony in October. So that's kind of, uh, you know, give or take, maybe dates might shift very, very slightly. But that's kind of how, you know, how the awards work over the year. And um, I think that's most of the things uh, I'm just trying to think of what questions people ask. They mostly ask, can I edit? Yes, they can. Can they can get feedback? They can get comments on the, obviously if they want them, if they don't, they can make it private and then nobody sees their work, only the judges. Um, I think that's kind of all that, uh, that the questions that I can think of that people that we kind of normally ask, if there's anything you can think of, you can, (laughs) fire it at me and <laughs> let's see what, to, what questions what answers I can give you. I have to say uh, I've
0: been on your website several times and I, it's a really good website it's fully detailed it has all sorts of information and I do like I said like the information about the judges and everything so we will obviously be including a link to the website and all the details down in the description below but I think we've actually covered quite a bit about it and all the different um, like topics and everything that you have. So definitely, if you're interested in entering the Page Trainer Awards, go and check out the website. Look through all the details. Make sure you read that, you know, the submission information and check out the judges and everything. <laughs> so, yes, we're definitely pushing that to make sure that people actually adhere to the information. Yeah, they
2: got to read it. they got to read the guidelines.
0: Paula, it's been absolutely great having you on the show. Would, would you like to share a little something about yourself with our listeners?
2: Well, the little something I could share is that I'm a bit cat mad. Some people say I'm a total cat freak. I have uh, 10 cats, one dog. At the moment, I have 10 cats because I'm fostering three. Two of them, one of them has got a home in Austria. Two of them got a home in England and they'll be going at the end of February. But the thing about me and cats is that, I mean, everybody loves cats. Who doesn't love cats? But living in Spain, because I live in Spain, I'm, I'm originally from South Africa. I lived a lot of my life in England and my husband and I um, retired to run our writing retreat, which is called Secret World Retreat, which is something else that we do. But of course, at the moment, there's not much in the way of writing retreats because of COVID. But we moved to Spain and I'm you just in the UK and probably in the US as well, you just don't see a massive amount of cats living wild. And I'm just very, very soft when it comes to looking at a poor little kitten or a little cat living, you know, they've been, they've been just dumped at the bins or, you know, living in horrible, horrible circumstances. And then every year I say this to my husband, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again because we end up, I mean, one year we had 19 cats. Uh, last year we had 13 for Christmas. And and each year I say, I'm not doing this again. It's so much work. And, but it, it's just, I'm just so soft. I, I just can't be that these little kittens have been born to people who don't think of neutering their cats. They just let them live like that. And then, of course, you just get a massive explosion of just Cats, litters, litters of kittens. Uh, and then these poor little kittens have to go and scavenge at rubbish bins and stuff like this. And then I just feel so sorry for them. And then I just. Rescue them and try and rehome them and things like that. So I'm always kind of always doing that. And I uh, I've got a friend you know quite close to me and we always sort of rescuing cats and that's what we were doing for Christmas. Just constantly cleaning cat litters and looking after kittens and stuff. But it's always very nice to know when you find them homes and and you're able to. For, for me, it's just the the wonderful thing. The satisfaction is knowing that they if we found them a nice home and they they they're not living on the street. They are now gonna have a human to love them and this is the amazing thing about about cats and kittens and even the wild ones the ones that people call feral and they live by bins the kittens are very easy to turn around the adults are a lot harder because they've only known this horrible life they've only known to scavenge and and to sort of survival to just survive by eating out of rubbish bins whereas kittens you can save them and it's wonderful when a kitten slowly starts coming around and you know each day you work with them and each day you give them a bit of love and try and stroke them and touch them and and then within you know within weeks you have these little things that are curling around your ankles and then they're on your lap and they're just giving you love and and that's really all what cats want they just want human love and it's that's beautiful to see and I just I just love that that's just oh I've told you too much you said one little thing about me and look there I've gone and given you a whole novel about me and cats and rescuing them but anyway that's that's one little thing about me
0: oh that's all that's fine but we're we're both cat lovers um oh seriously it's I think so many authors are actually and they may have dogs as well but I think almost every writer I know has cats
2: as but, cats, we—I've got one dog, and uh, and obviously all my cats. Seven are always with me, but there's uh, there's any number being fostered. But yeah, and actually, my son was telling me that seventy percent of social on the internet is cats. That sounds about right. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Seventy percent got- of social is cats. So yeah. there you go. If anybody's listening. That's how you build your following. Tell people about your cats and how much you love cats and maybe they'll start following you. <laughs> Honestly, I think most of the people I follow are the ones that have
0: cats. So like yeah. whether they're writers or not, it's just cat content because that's that's what I love. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Paula, it's been brilliant having you on. Obviously, all of Paula's links will be listed in the description below and all the details about page turner awards thank you again for joining us on the
2: podcast thank you for having me today it's been wonderful talking to you and meeting both of you
0: oh thank you okay we're going to turn it over to you guys have you participated in any writing contests or do you think you will do in the future we'd love to chat about it so do tell us your answers in the comments below if you want more of the Merry Writer podcast, be sure to follow us on Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you listen to any podcasts. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Mary Writer podcast for bonus content. It keeps our little show going, so we really do appreciate the support. In the meantime, tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Merry Writer podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 This podcast is brought to you by Writing Distractions. We are stalling on our way. The music title Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed with the Creative Commons 4.0.